Parashas Vayechi Be'ez HaShem, fascinating insights this week. As the last parasha in Sefer Bereshis, this ends and closes Sefer Bereshis and Be'ez HaShem. Next week we start Parsha Shemois. It's interesting, the Torah begins in this week's parasha, Perek Memzayim Pasaches, Vayechi Yaakov, Be'eretz Mitzrayim, Shavaras Vayishona. Vayechi Yimei Yaakov, How old was Yaakov? The Torah says, "Shnei Chayav Sheva Shonim Ba'arboim Umeas Shona." Asks Rumoish and Drashmoisha. Since when do we count somebody's life while they're still alive? It's normally something we do after they leave the world. Says Rumoisha. In fact, you look at our Chaim Rakodesh over here. It says a very similar idea on a different level. Says Rumoisha, it's teaching us that Yaakov and Avinu in his life had very hard times. He also had very good times, easy times, and every single year was an equal day during his lifetime, pure avoidas Hashem. Each day, each year was equal. It didn't make a difference what type of day it was. Rashi tells us at the beginning of the parasha, Loma parasha justuma. Why is this parasha, so to speak, closed off? And it tells us the reason the feature given to Nifta Yaakov Avinu. Since Yaakov Avinu died, so the whole Kalali Yisrael's eyes, so to speak, and heart were closed at that time. But what does it mean? What actually is going on over here? So every parish of the Torah, as we know, either starts on a new line than the parish before it, or on the same line, but there's space between the old parish of last week and the new parish of this week, the amount of nine letters. This parish, parish of Vayichi, starts directly after the last parish. There is no space between one and the other. That's called Stuma. What's the Pshat? Why? So I saw a beautiful pshat in the Ostrov Rebbe, Mary Chachamim. He says a beautiful thing. He says at the end of the day, it's very difficult. It's almost impossible for Klali Sol to last through this bitter goddess. So how do we manage? How do we survive this far? He says, you know why? Because we remembered that we used to be in Eretz role. and we hope that one day, yes, the Rabbi Shalom will bring the Gula and we'll be back together. In Eretz Yisrael. This thought helped us all throughout the darkness of the goddess. With our destination of Eretz Yisrael, it keeps us going. Make a cheshpen. Vayigash, parashas last week, is when we were in Eretz Yisrael. Yaakov Avinu lived there. You look at parashas of next week, parashas Shemais. We start the slavery of Mitzrayim, the shibut, the work, and start the redemption. So what is this week, parashas Vayigash? It's Eretz Yisrael and Shemois is before us and after us. What's the bridge? The bridge is this week. Where is the Golas mentioned without there being any redemption? It's Parshas Vayechi. Because the slavery didn't start yet. The Gula hasn't started yet. So if Vayechi would be Psucha, if it would be separated from last week by Yigash, it shows that the Golas separated us from the past and the future. But if it's psucha, if it's connected, it symbolizes that the Yidim Golos without a bond to Eretz Yisrael, which is last week's parashava Yigash. So without that bond, forget it. Give up. That's why the Rabbanish made this parasha, Sosom, it's closed up. Meaning this is the parasha that's connected to Vayigash when we're still in Eretz Yisrael. And that keeps us going. And that's what's going to keep us going in this Golos. Because without this, we wouldn't be connected. And therefore, it would be much harder for us to get through the goddess. What a beautiful, beautiful shot. Let's continue. 
Zerit holds us like this. Pasuk of Tess, second Pasuk in the Torah, in this week's parasha. Vayikuvu Yimei Yisrael Amos came the days that he was about to leave this world. It's interesting. The Zerit Kodesh says amazing things. He says the days that you live on this world depends on your Maisim. A day that you makayim Torah and mitzvahs, that's a Yom Shalim. It's a full day. A day that you do a Veyrens, a Yom Pum, it's, it's, it's been... Uh, be damaged when you finish your days sent down to the, you sent down this world for come in front of you all those days come in front of you all the days that you lived in this world and for Tzadikim well they're all full and for the Rishonim they see all the wasted days that says the Zayi Kodesh is what the Torah means when he says Vikri Yimei Yisrael those days came back down to Yaakov Avinu right before he left the world and showed him all of his wonderful deeds in this world but it's interesting because the previous Pasuk, as Rabbeinu Pachaya points out, the previous Pasuk called Yaakov Avinu Yaakov. All of a sudden, in this Pasuk, we're back to Yisrael. What's the change of name? Says Rabbeinu Pachaya Gavaldik. He says because each of his names alluded to a different aspect of existence. Yaakov, as we know, represented... The, the name Yaakov represented the physical side. Akev, the grabbing of the heel, physical thing. Yisrael represented the spiritual side. And obviously the main side is the spiritual one. But it's impossible to live one without the other. So when we're speaking about the length of days, which is a physical living in this world, we call Yaakov Yaakov. That's physical. But now, when we're moving the discussion to the events leading to their death, the Torah switches to Yisrael, because now the physical side falls away, and it only leaves the spiritual one behind. Very, very interesting idea. If we move, basically right before Shani, Pasuk, Perik Memches, Pasuk Tes, tells us as follows. Says the Pasuk, Bayomi Yosef Eloviv, Asks Rabbi Yaakov, Kamenetsky, in Emes to Yaakov, what's going on? Yaakov is making exactly the same mistake that he did with Yosef. We all know that he favored Yosef, that's what caused the brothers to be jealous of him, and that caused the whole problem. Don't favor one son over another. He's doing the same thing. He's taking Yosef and his sons to give them a special bracha. Why? So Zubiaki Kamenetsky, he wasn't given the bracha because they deserved it. It's because they needed it. Because they were born in Mitzrayim, Yosef's children. And therefore they needed the extra bracha to give them that chizot. They had the hashpa of living in Mitzrayim. I did see another pshat. I think it was in the Chedush Alev that he explains that he wasn't telling them, you can't, no one else can get it. He was saying they need it. For their madrega, if you get to that madrega, you can also get it. If it's properly explained, then it would not consider anyone to become jealous in that time. If we move to, if we move, in fact, we got a little bit earlier, the beginning of Peik Memchez, Your father's sick. He went to run to his father with his two kids. He wanted his kids to see their grandfather to get a brach of him before he leaves the world. Very interesting, the Gemara in Bob Mitzia tells us that until Yaakov Avinu, there was no chaylet, there was no illness. And since Yaakov is the first person mentioned to have been ill, then Yaakov came and davened that illness came into being. And that's where it comes in this week's parasha. And in this pasuk, that Yaakov was the first person to become sick. Ask them a farshan, that doesn't make any sense. This Gemara, where the Gemara tells us 
that the Rabbani Shalom appeared to Avram, we made this from Sefer Bereshis, Perek Yudches Kosek Aleph. Why? In order to visit Bikachoylim. This is the Bakar for the Mitzvah Bikachoylim. So obviously, from that Gemara in Soita, you see that there was sickness even before Yaakov came into the world. In fact, Tosfus asked this question from the Gemara in Baba Basra, Chavov, that the Gemara, that the, the Tosfus says, that the Gemara says that a jewel pendant was hanging from Avram's neck, and any sick person gazed upon it, immediately was healed. Again, Tosfus says, hello, there was sickness before Yaakov. How can it be that Yaakov was the first person, as the Gemara tells us, as we mentioned a moment ago, no one was sick before Yaakov. Only when Yaakov Davon when came sickness. Tosfus answers, and he says, you have to understand, of course, there were illnesses caused by an afflicted wind, uh, a wound. For example, Avram's illness came because of his bismillah in a chanami. So then there was a Or, and the mashenkin over here, the sickness came from the rabbi Nishlanim. Or another answer Tosfus says is that until Yaakov, there were, of course, there were diseases, there were sicknesses. There was nothing life-threatening until Yaakov Avinu came over here, and that is exactly what he davened for. Now we move to Perak Memches, famously Pasachov. And I say famously because this one is really famous. You know, sometimes you say something's famous. No, no, no one knows what you're talking about except the person who's saying it. This one is really famous. What is that? And he placed one in front of the other, switched the hands. We all know the whole story, what happened. Why is it that this is the posik we use to bench our children? Many people have a minig. Friday night, they come home from shul before Shalom Aleichem, before Kiddush, they bench their children and they say exactly this. I mean, there were plenty of Choshvi eaten in Kalal Yisrael. We've got Moshe Rabbeinu, Avram Avinu, even Yitzchak. Nothing. Only over here. Ephraim, Bukhom What's the Pshat? The Chassam Soifah says an unbelievable thing. He says in every generation, as you read this Adiris, as every generation goes on, it gets lower and lower. Every father wishes his son to be greater than himself. And the Gemara tells us that a father is never jealous of his son. Because you know what? You want your son to be better than you because as you read this Adiris. Yaakov saw that his grandchildren, Menashe and Ephraim, were the same Madrega as his own children, the Shvatim. So he gave this bracha and we give that bracha to our children. That we give the bracha to our children that just like they didn't decline spiritually with generations, so too we daven that our children themselves also should not decline as the generations go on. Let's move on. The end of the Perek. Posuk of base. Vanina satir choshchem. Vaachad elachecha shalakachti miyadre moiri. Vacharbi uvekashti. And the uncle says, Bitsloisi over Vuusi. Right, different words for Tfila, the bow, uh, the, the bowing before the sword, and that's why he had to change it. Now, the Kotzka Rebbe, the Heilige Kotzka, Sosan said that Tfila, as we know, there's a about this, that Tfila is doimet to a keshes, a bow. That just like a bow, the closer you bring it to your body, the further the arrow is going to go. So the Kotzka, that's the comparison to tefillah. Because the closer you make tefillah to your heart, you make it real, the actual more kavana, the more koichas it has, and the more it works in shamayim. The maral in Gorariya brings down, and he learns that just like an arrow and a sword are all dependent on the strength that you give it, that's how much of an effect that it can have. It all depends how much koichas 
you put into that tefillah, that will be exactly what went on. And in fact, Rishon Pincus writes, and he writes this on his Sefer Alatoya, but it's also in his Sefer on tefillah as well. A beautiful thing. He brings the Meshachachma. The Meshachachma says, Bacharbi, it's Lysi, Elu, at Tfilis, Akvurim, Shatikno, Anshek, and Esagadoila. Tfilis, that Chazal, the Anshek, next dollar, set up. And he writes that just like at the end of the day, you have a arrow, and you need the sharpness of the arrow, and the sharpness of the arrow def- definitely does something. So he says the same thing that an arrow can't hurt by itself, it needs koichas. It needs someone to pull it in a bow and really do it really from a strength. So yes, theoretically, it has the potential to hurt. Because yes, it has a sharp edge. But at the end of the day, says the Mesha Chochma, Tfilah is, it needs that koyach to someone to put into it. So too Tfilah. The Ibe'etzim have a gavaldige koyach. Tfilah was given, as Rosh Hashanah Pinkus once said, it has the dynamite in the words. You just have to say it and it has to go. But of course, the more koyachas you put in, the better it is. And Rosh Hashanah Pinkus adds... For B'chaim Ibrisk as well, Allah Rambam. And when it comes to Bakosha, Bakosha says, Mamash is totally in a person's kavana. If you don't know what you're saying, it doesn't work. Bakhla, that's the comparison. And one last thing we'll mention in Perik Mantez, Pasuk base. If you look at the, the right, the begin, right of that, that Pasuk, it says a very interesting thing. It says as follows. When Yaakov Avinu is giving all the brachas, and he's giving out all the brachas and various things, that Yaakov Avinu is saying, talking about Yehuda, and it says, in Pasuket base, Chachlile, Einayim Yoyin, Red Eyes from Wine, Leven Shinayim Mecholov, Leven Shinayim Mecholov, Interesting, that you are white of your teeth for milk. The Gemorim Subas Kufir Aleph of the base tells us, Toiv, Hamam Shinayim Lechaveiroi, Better is a person that shows the white of his teeth to his friend, more than someone that gives milk to his friend. It's very interesting. He explains with Shinshan Pincus. Think about it for a moment. There's a boiling hot day outside. It's really boiling. Everyone's sweating. And there's a guy in the center of town standing there, a tremendous balchesed with freezing cold cups of water and he's giving them out. Ah, everyone would say, that's so beautiful. What a chesed. Such a nice thing to do. Helping people. What a mitzvah. Imagine if he wasn't giving water, he was giving cold milk. Not only is it cooling and refreshing people down, but it's giving them healthy, it's helping their bones, it's giving them chiyas, giving them koyach. So, so Shem Pingas, with all of this, Chazal told us, and that's what Yaakov Avinu was telling his children, that when you smile to somebody else, and show him your teeth, showing your teeth means you're giving him a real smile, not just moving your lips, but you're really opening your mouth with an expression of, I love you, then that simcha that you're giving, whether it's to your wife, your children, your workmates, or even people on the street, anyone around you, is a greater mitzvah than that person who's doing such a wonderful mitzvah by giving out cold cups of water. It shows how much the Torah tells us, how careful we have to be. Rabbi Sol Salanta was once asked about somebody who was taking on a tainus during the days of Elul. He was careful about speaking, careful about eating. You know, he was being very serious, no jokes, no talking about anything. And he said, you have to remember one thing, your face is a Rosh Hashanah your face, everyone can see it. And therefore, think and do whatever you want in your privacy and no one has to know and no one has to see. But your face, people see it. And that's what the Torah is telling us over here. And the Remez is the Gemong Sugas tells us that when you smile, you light up somebody's day, you light up somebody's life as a tremendous koyak to do that. I wish everyone a wonderful Shabbos.